Marcus, where do you go? Thank you, man. Thank you for allowing God to show this brother some love and appreciation. Yeah. How about Tony, y'all? Good to see Tony. Yeah. Amen. 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 Good to see you. Good to see you up there, bro. Good to see you. Good to see you doing well. God is doing some awesome things in our midst. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just um, be brief this morning. Uh, is Katrina around? Where's Katrina? Katrina Stahl, where's she at? Where's she at? Where's she at? She's where? Oh, okay. Stand up really quick. There she is. Um, Katrina was our missionary away in Africa for a couple of years. Yeah. Amen. 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 And I wanted, to, I wanted to give her an opportunity to present. Can we adjust? We'll adjust a little bit, Katrina, and we'll set up a time. You want to hear what God has done in her. Um, let me just say, uh, I know you had to do an emergency evacuation. Is that what it was? I am just glad to see that you're safe, and I'm glad to see that you're back in our midst. Amen. And so... Um, so you see, we're on the mission field, y'all. We're out doing stuff, and she came back home safe and sound. So love you. We'll get a chance to talk. So we'll talk after church, and we'll give her a Sunday morning just to share what God has done, um, that you are bold to give up two years of your life. I mean, you're young, pretty, dudes are looking, and then you're going to leave and go to Africa. What's up with you? Yeah. Yeah, but we're glad you came back. Amen. <laughs> We're glad, we're glad she came back, and we're glad she's here safe with us. Um, grab your Bibles. I'm sitting because I want to stay focused, and I want to just cover these couple of things, so I made a few pointers for myself so I could um, share what I'm going to share. I need you all to hear um, what I'm going to say more than anything else this morning, and if you missed the series uh, last week, I want to invite you to go. Um, you can go to iTunes and download it. Our podcast is free to be caught up on what we've been sharing, but I am learning now. I was hoping to finish this series today, but I won't. Um, so we have to extend it a little bit because I don't want to confuse anybody. So today, all I want to do is to be able to define uh, fruit. We've been talking about that. I want you to hear this in the content of where we're going to be going next so that God could move and have our way. So very, very important. So go with me to uh, Luke chapter 13. Let me read the parable. Um, then I'll review briefly and just say the few things that I want you to hear this morning and uh, I want to challenge you I know next week is Mother's Day but don't miss next week um, we'll be open to what God is going to share we'll flesh this out and um, we'll talk a lot more about some things that are in the text because at the back part of the text is what a lot of us don't like happening in our life and I'll talk about that in a little bit so if you're at verse 6 say amen of Luke chapter 13. Let me hear the amens again. Amen. Okay. So here's what he said, just to review. It says, and he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and have found none. Cut it down, he said. Why should it use up the soil? Verse 8. Sir, and he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put on manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Um, let me read verse 8 again because that's what I'm going to talk about um, in upcoming weeks. And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put manure on it. Um, we don't like that. That's the part where um, you had a digging in the, the, 
putting when you're on and all that stuff. That's the part that, that we wrestle with as people in the body of Christ. And may I be so bold as to say that's the part where a lot of us unplug from God and unplug from the places where he has placed us is in the digging and the fertilizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's because you know, we don't like that. We don't like that. Because here's what we do. Hear me, and I'm going to talk a lot more about this in the upcoming weeks. We fool ourselves into thinking we are where we are not. You guys all right with me? I've learned in my Christian journey that if I am planted somewhere and the Lord says to me, I need to dig and fertilize some more, I'm the guy that's learned. I didn't always do this, but I'm learning now. Bring it on, baby. <laughs> I bring it on because I know at the end, fruit's going to be the outproduct. You kind of get what I'm saying? So I'm learning to trust God. I'm learning to trust God like that so we can get to where we need to go. So there, here's the thing that we kind of begin with, and I'm just going to talk through this to kind of keep you on the same page. Um, the big idea exegetically of what I was sharing about this text last week is because, because this fig tree was unproductive, it was scheduled for demolition, okay? And Wednesday, we had a very, very hard uh, conversation about this. That's why I invite people to come out on Wednesday. One person asked the question, uh, and let me just put it out here pointedly. They asked the question this way. You mean, Pastor, are you saying to me that if I don't produce fruit that I'm going to hell? And my black and white response was simply yes. Okay, now I know some of you might wrestle with that theologically. Um, it might be a stretch for you. It might be a difficult thing for you. Um, because let me tell you why I'm saying that. I don't have time to go into it. But here's the thing. Isaiah chapter 55 still says that God's word cannot return to him void. So if the Lord has released a word over your life to, to provide a solution to a particular problem in the earth realm, you're ineffective as far as God is concerned. I'll give you some illustrations, one or two illustrations, and I must move through the text um, in the interest of time. There was no way on God's earth that Moses could have made it back to heaven and say the Israelites are still in bondage in Egypt. Couldn't do it. There was no way Joseph would have made it to heaven and say to God that um, I made it to the throne in Egypt, but because of what my brothers did to me, I left them there. There is no way Jesus could have ascended into heaven and go back to say, you know what, God? I changed my mind. I decided not to die for them. Are you guys tracking with me? So with that statement, I need you to hear me say to you that the reason we exist is because we are the solution to a problem that exists in the earth realm, and God has us here, so unproductivity is not an option for the people of God. Are you, is that, I know it's a hard word. I know it's a difficult word. I know all of that. So I'm asking you not to leave as mad as you did last week. Um, <laughs> give me a little bit of grace and let's flesh it out. You kind of get what I'm saying? Don't worry about what fruit is right now. Don't worry about what you're doing right now. But I just want you to catch the principle that, that you're not an accident with God. Yeah, you didn't, you know, mommy and daddy didn't just do the do and then you showed up and God went, oops. Let me figure out what I'm going to do with this one. No. 
Before you came on the scene, I said this all series long, he knows the plan he has. He ordains and forms us to do a particular thing in the earth realm. It's in our best interest to find out what that is and start being about God's business. So let me lay some principle about this tree. So here's the thing. God's grace, this was the big idea last week. God's grace caused Christ to intervene, okay, on our behalf to allow us more time to produce fruit before he pronounces judgment on us. So here's what it looks like scripturally. The Lord is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so God delays, God gives us time. I'm going to say this now, you're going to hear it at the end of the message, to make the adjustment to start being who he would have us to be. So in, in, the, in the words of heaven, God is waiting for a lot of us to grow up. Yeah, and I thank God that he's patient, and I thank God that he waited for me, and if you're like me, you ought to thank him as well. Oh, come on. There ought to be somebody in here that's saying, yeah, we thank God, okay? So here's the first thing I kind of talk to you. Barren Christianity is the predominant reason for God to sever a relationship with you. So I want to challenge us all this morning that we were not saved. You've heard me say this time and again. We're not saved for the mere pleasure of just enjoying the ride on the bus of Christianity. God, there's divine intention attached to our liberation we are saved to do something for God. Now, what that something is, is a whole nother conversation. And let me say this now, lest you think it's all about in here. It could be in the marketplace. It could be in your home. It could be in your neighborhood. Some point on the continuum, God is going to create or reveal to us these moments in what he is doing. And it's up to us to seize the moment, turn it into a movement so we can be on mission with God. Does that make sense? couple of things about the fig tree. Number one, it was positioned for production, okay? It was planted in a vineyard, the best possible place a fig tree could be planted in. Quick application, by virtue of the fact that you and I are in God's vineyard, I'm not talking church, we're in God's vineyard, no better place to be planted. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. No better place, no better place, no better place. Let me, let me give you a, a free one real quick. In John chapter 10, he, I mean, he, I think he puts it this way. Um, uh, I think it's chapter 10. I'm not sure what the chapter is, but he puts it this way. Um, um, I have you in my hand. Let me paraphrase. And I put my hands in my father's hand, and no one can pluck you out of my hand. So here's the goodness of that theologically. The enemy cannot enter God's vineyard and uproot you. I wish I had. I wish I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're in the vineyard, be ready for a good butt whipping, okay? Be cautious of perpetuating the behavior. Don't perpetuate the performance. Because we're fruitless now doesn't mean that we need to continue being fruitless. God will speak to us through his word, through the church, to wake us up, to alert us to the things of his word so we can be about the Father's business. The world is dying and going to hell in a handbasket, and we need to quit just having church. We need to start doing something for God. I need two amens right there. Come on. Are you with me? So here's the thing. If we're not going to perpetuate the performance, get to the place when we absorb nutrients, it motivates us to be about the Father's business, and we're not absorbing nutrients just to be absorbing nutrients. In other words, we're not just sitting around becoming spiritually obese. <laughs> I'm deep. Yeah, you deep all right. Yeah. And we're doing nothing. Are you with me? You got to work out when you eat. Come on. 
and we got to do something about the Father's business. We must do something about the Father's business. Now, here's a few things I want to share with you. Okay, so the intervention of Christ allows us time to become productive, and it strengthens our relationship with God. So here's what I need you to know this morning. God has intervened. God has intervened. God has intervened, and he said to the Father, give me more time to do something so fruit can be the outcome. Okay, we'll talk about that in a little while. And, and here's, here's my praise and my excitement about the word this morning is by virtue of the fact that I am breathing God's air, by virtue of the fact that you are breathing God's air, it's indicative of the truth that God has intervened and allowed us more time to get it right. Those that he hadn't given time have already gone. Thank God for, yeah. You guys all right with me? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, time to seize the moment to produce fruit. One more time. Say, time to seize the moment to produce fruit. Now, let me give you a couple of things, and then I'll talk about what fruit is in a little while. Number one, I need you to view with me, by way of application, this fig tree in the context of your personal life, okay? So what I'm saying this morning, it's not about the spouse who is not here or not about the friend who is not here. This word this morning is about me, and it's about you. So I need you to, to begin by saying this with me. Say, I am, I am the, fig the fig tree. Once again, say, I am, I am the, fig tree. the fig tree. Very, very important because here's what happens. We get into altercations and we want to tell the other person, if you was a good fig tree, you wouldn't be arguing with me. No, if you were a good fig tree, you wouldn't be arguing. Come on, talk to me. Are you with me? Yeah, it's, it's, this word is about us. Okay, so it's, we're representative of the fig tree, and the vineyard is representative of the place where God has planted us. Now, it's very easy and selfish to say it's just the church, but I'm not going to be that narrow-minded. The vineyard could be any place where God has assigned you to realize what he wants done in your life. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, so now the vine dresser is the person that's responsible for cultivating an environment of fruit for production. Okay, so let me, let me say it this way. In some instances, the vine dresser could be your pastor. Some instances, it could be your spouse. Some instances, it could be a friend or a leader or whatever the situation is. I want you to hear me say this morning, if you're the fig tree, the vine dresser is Christ trying to work on you. Come on, come on, say amen. Come on, y'all. The vine dresser is Christ trying to work on you. And, and, and the deep thing that I like about Christ being the vine dresser is that he now lives within us or on the inside of us. And I was sharing with our team this morning, he speaks to us 24-7. So we cannot escape his voice. Does that make sense? Okay, so now don't only view the victory in the context of the, 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 the vineyard, in the context of... Um, here or where you work or whatever, but I want you to also see the fig tree as the context of the vocation or ministry that God has given you. And notice I use two words, vocation or ministry. And in some cases, the vocation can be your ministry, okay? Let me give this away because I want to, I want to be as clear as I possibly can. Um, sometimes your vocation is your ministry, and the church has not done a good job with that. Come on, y'all. Amen. Amen. Um, I don't know that we see instance in the Bible of David preaching in the sanctuary. 
I don't know that we see that. So I can't say that David had an in-the-house ministry. But yet and still the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him. Are you with me? And then he would go out in the battle, and under the anointing where he worked, he produced fruit. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. Yeah. How many fruits you had today, David? I killed Goliath. Killed about a million Philistines. <laughs> Illustration. A uh, young man met with me today, a young mentee of mine, and he said to me, Hey, Pastor Felix, um, my wife is a professional therapist, and she heard your message this past Sunday. And what she would like to do is to conduct free classes. She wanted to do two things. Free classes for parents who have family members incarcerated to kind of let them know how to deal with that. Here's what I said. Fruit. And then she said, the other thing I want to do is, given her profession and her training, she said, I'd like to kind of help with some marriage training for couples that are going through because marriages, man, it's bad to stay and all that stuff. And I said to myself, fruit. Because she'll never sing in the choir. She might come and sit there but never serve in the usher ministry. Might never be on the security team. Might never be seen. Might never be anything. But in her vocation, She is ministering. Are you with me? Is this making sense? Okay, we're going to walk through this. So, so you got to see that in the context of your vacation. Now, let me go here. I want you to have with me a clear understanding of exactly what fruit is. Okay? You must have a clear understanding of exactly what fruit is. I'm going to begin the conversation, and it's going to be up to you to end with God to say for God to tell you what fruit looks like in your life but I'm going to begin the conversation. Are you tracking with me? So go with me to John um, chapter 15 real quick. Let's just go here. And I'm going to make, I want to read this passage and I'll extract some principles from it. And then I'm going to go to another passage and then I'll define fruit. And then we're going to, um, we're going to end because I think that'll be enough for you to process because I want you to go home and pray about it. Okay, John chapter 15. And we have fleshed this text out tremendously on uh, Wednesday night and verse 1, John 15 and 1. Amen. Okay. You guys are there? Okay, say amen if you're there one more time. Amen. Now, this is going to mess you up. Not this, but the one we're going to go through from here. Verse, fifth, verse 1. Jesus speaking now. I am the vine, the true vine, and my father is what? Vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he does what? Takes away. And every branch in me that does bear fruit, what does he do with it? He prunes it. Why? So it can be what? Now, let me, let me, let me, this is free. Don't ever make the mistake of saying, I have matured in Christ. If the pruning has stopped, you're dead. Or you don't belong to the vine, you're in cut-off state. I wish I had somebody in here. Let's, let's just be real with the text. Every vine in me 
that, that verse 2, branch that does not bear fruit, he cuts it away. So if there's no fruit, let's just deal with the text as faith, face value. I'm not talking about losing salvation. I'm not talking about none of that stuff. I wish you guys were here Wednesday as we explain that. But I'm saying if you're unproductive and call ourselves connected to the vine and we don't produce fruit, cutting off is possible. Now, if we are producing fruit, there is a pruning process that's going to take place on a continual basis so we can be more fruitful. And what that means is this. Because I'm doing this one thing in ministry doesn't mean that's it. Tomorrow, God might have something else for me to do because God's goal is productivity and fruitfulness. Does this make sense? Are you with me? That is why it says in verse 3, you're already clean because of the word I've spoken in you. Now look at verse 4. Abide where? Come on, y'all talk to me. Abide where? And I where? Why? As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides where? In the vine. And notice what he says. Neither can you unless you abide where? In me. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I am in him... He it is that bears much fruit, and I like this next phrase, for apart from me you can do what? Nothing. Look at verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch that withers, and the branch are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, do what? Ask whatever you wish, and it what? Oh, my gosh. I love that. A couple of points real quick. So number one, to bear fruit, we must remain in Christ. Say amen. You can't bear fruit outside of Christ, okay? Now, so here's, here's lock into this. Fruit then comes from being obedient, number one, to the command or to the word of God. So fruit can be as simple, even though this is not the sum total of it, this is part of bearing fruit, living in obedience to the commands of God. Let me go here, okay? Um... If we're not being obedient to God, but we call ourselves serving for God, your service is not fruit if the life is out of order. Come on, y'all. Help me out. Don't let me get off this chair. I sit down so I can be right. Okay? Because here, 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 here's, here's how it's going to look. We got a whole lot of folk that compensate for an ugly lifestyle by coming to church on Sunday morning and serving in ministry and deceiving themselves into thinking, at least I'm doing something. At least I came to church. At least I'm serving. Stop the madness. If the life isn't right, it's not fruit. Are you talking to me? Listen to how he said it. If you're not connected to the vine, apart from me, you can do nothing. Here's how he said it in John. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They hear me. And they do what? They follow me. So if Jesus says, come out of that, guess what you're going to do? Yeah. You can't talk about I'm connected to the vine and he's calling you. No, Jesus, I'd like to come, but Bub over here, he paying the bill. You ain't hooked me up yet. So, no, 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 no. Don't call yourself a sheep. Let's just be honest. I know this is tough. I know it's not popular. I know. I, I understand. Bear with me. Y'all bear with me. Y'all bear with me. Is that okay? Y'all bear with me. It's going to get good in a while. All right? You must be connected to the vine. Okay? Now, fruit then, listen to this, has to do with our interpersonal relationships within the body of Christ. Did y'all hear that? Yeah, it has to do with your interpersonal relationship within the body of Christ. So, Mother Jackie, 
I can't say that I'm bearing fruit, but I don't like you. <laughs> can't, it can't, it can't, it can't, it can't. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Let me go to, go to Galatians chapter 5. Go to Galatians chapter 5, and we'll come back, and I'll wrap it up. Galatians chapter 5. Um, you guys are here? Okay. This is the fix-it part. Galatians chapter 5, I think it's around verse 22. I think it is, something like that. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Y'all know this one. Galatians 5 and 22. Everybody there? Okay. Say amen when you're there. Now notice, we all know this one. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have done what? Verse 24 is important. Look at it. Those who belong to Christ have done what? Crucified the flesh with its passions and what? Now look at verse 22 again. Let's watch this real quick. Look at 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, comma, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let me, let me use self-control as an example, and then I'll back into it. Here's what we do. We used to have a bad attitude problem. And before when anybody did anything to us, man, we'd go smooth off. Tell them about their mama, their brother, their sister, and their grandmama. We'd put it all in there. And so we got a little something-something now. We have a glimpse of the things of Christ. And here's what we say. I can't stand you. You better be glad God is working on me because the old me, I'd have, I'd have, I can't even tell you what I'd have done. The old me. So you best be glad I'm bearing fruit of self-control. That's what we say. But I can't stand you. No, don't clap yet. Don't clap. Because I want you to hear me say, self-control is pointless as long as you can't stand the person. And by virtue of the fact that you can't stand them, you've nullified anything we want to define as fruit. I want you to hear me say that. Okay, let's look at the text and let's walk this out. So look with me at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit and the verb is what? Is... And then there's love, okay? So what's striking about this thing is that, that that word is, it's a singular verb, and it's saying the one action that's an outpouring of the fruit of the Spirit is love. And I wish English grammar and punctuation aligned with the Greek, but in the Greek there's no punctuation marks, so in our translation we just continue the sentence. Um, the bottom line is the fruit is love. Bottom line. Bottom line. And because I have love, I can have joy. And because I have love, I can have peace, yeah. And because I have love, I can have what? Patience. And because I have love, I can be kind. And because I have love, I can be good. And because of love, I can be faithful. And because of I can be gentle. Because I have love, I can exercise what? Self-control. So the reason I don't go off on you is not because God, uh, you best be glad I, I didn't give you peace. No, no, no. The reason I don't go off on you is not because I'm exemplifying the gift of self-control. I don't go off on you because I love you. <laughs> That's a different statement. Are you with me? 
Come on now. The reason we don't go to hell and God doesn't sentence us to hell and God doesn't punish us, the reason we do all that stuff is, is not because he's exercising self-control or exercising patience or exercising peace or exercising gentleness. No, 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 no. The reason we're not sin is because he loves us. I want you to hear me say that. The reason a lot of you haven't killed your children yet is because you, yeah. Come on, I want you to hear me say that. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and if, if the seed isn't there and you're trying to ask God to send rain on gentleness and to send rain on patience and to send rain on long-suffering, you fertilize in the wrong field. You fertilizing the wrong thing, baby, and we're going to stay in the condition that we're in. Oh, I just need two witnesses this morning. Come on. Y'all don't believe me. Y'all don't believe me. Go over to first John. Go over to first John. Robert, bring me a seatbelt next time. I'm trying to get through this. I'm trying to get through this. First John. First John chapter 4. I'm trying to get through this because I want to do this next week. First John chapter 4. Jump down to what? Verse 7. And then we're going to wrap it up. So number one, I want you to see love as the basis, even though that isn't it yet. But you can't do nothing else if that doesn't exist. Verse 7 of 1 John chapter 4. You guys are there? Notice what it says. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is what? From God. Whoever loves has been what? Born of God and what? Knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is what? Wow. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that here's he's illustrating now that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he what? loved us, and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. I can't, I can't go past verse 10. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Let me, I have to say this real quick. What, what that verse is really saying, it wasn't that we initiated the love for God. It wasn't that we stopped sinning, then God said, okay, I love you now. It wasn't that we behaved ourselves and then God made the adjustment toward us and start loving us. What the text says, in spite of our crazy, foolish, diabolic ways, he initiated love toward us so we can begin responding to him. Here is how Christians love. We watch to see what you're doing and then we decide if we want to connect with you or not. And so if your lifestyle is jack up, here's what we do. We disconnect and we unplug. I ain't got nothing to do with sinners. I thank God that he didn't say that when it came to me. Here's how he puts it. Here's how he put it in Romans 5 and 8. God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were what? Yet what? Sinners. He died for us. Free application. If there's somebody that you don't love because they get on your reserve nerve, your fruit is ineffective. And you are a prime subject for digging and fertilizing 
That's next week. Look at verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to do what? Yeah. No one has ever seen God. And if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected where? Wow. Wow. Fruit is singular. Love is the core. If we can't love right, forget about doing anything. Every action should be premised in the foundational truth that love exists. And so Rashid, even though I might, you might get on my nerve, because I love you, I respond and I initiate. I don't wait for you to initiate. Does this make sense, guys? Are y'all tracking with me? Okay. So let me go here now. So here's fruit. Fruit then is obedience to the commands of God resulting in the love of God flowing out of our lives. I would say this to the men, but I'm going to say it to the women first. Um, and my wife's in Arizona, so I'm safe. <laughs> I know, pray she ain't watching online. Shut the cameras off. Um, <laughs> in your home, when there's arguments in the home, he who loves God the most apologizes first. <laughs> and more times than often is the man. <laughs> Think through it. I'm just, that's not a sexist statement or nothing like that. But, but you're in your home, just like in mine, the fight should be to apologize first. Jesus apologized first. He came and got us. That should be the fight because I love God like that. Now, let me show you some other applications. You think two Christians would ever get divorced if they practiced that? Ah, uh, uh, I thought so. Yeah. You kind of see how this plays itself out, right? Can you see them going to counseling now saying we need help? And the counselor says, do you guys love God? And they're like, yeah. Are you bearing fruit in your mat? I can't stand <laughs> Let's put you in this room and we're going to dig and fertilize. <laughs> I mean, you get it, right? That's what all that's about. That's what counseling is, is they're digging and fertilizing to get the fruit. Come on, y'all. I want y'all to work through this with me. But, but if we love God, we respond first. Very, very, very important. So, so, so fruit then is representative of the lifestyle that we live. It represents living for God, living holy for God, okay, and being submitted to the will and the way of God. If you're not doing that, forget anything else, okay? Now, here's the definition I want you to hear me say, and I want you to walk away with this. Fruit then, assuming love is there, assuming love is there has to do with us realizing our created purposes on the earth and us living the life God created us to live, seizing the moments of God, turning them into movements, and working on mission with God in the earth. I know that's long. Fruit is being like this. Illustrate with some of the illustrations I gave you. 
out of a love for God, and I don't even know if Moses loved God back then. Moses, I need you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. Dude, I'm wanted for death in Egypt. What's wrong with you? I just go and go. Out of a love for God, because of the moment, he turned a moment into a movement, obeyed God, and went on mission with God, and the Israelites were delivered from slavery. The same is true for every, excuse the term, lasting one of us up in here. There is something that God has created us to do. And we have to be sensitive on the continuum in the season that we're in that God is going to reveal himself in a burning bush situation at some point in time on the continuum. And it's up to us to stop and say, God, what are you saying? God, what are you doing? What do you want? We seize that moment. We make the adjustment, go turn it into a movement and be on mission with God to accomplish what he wants done in the earth realm. The church doesn't get that anymore, and now we're all about having church. Good annual days, good musicals, good all this stuff in the church, and nobody is out in the world on mission with God. I'm going to end with this. Watch Jesus. On his way to wherever he was going, and he would run into a lame person. He would never assume that because the person is lame, it's a moment. Here's what he would do. Hey, God. And God would say, yeah. And so he would take that moment, turn it into a movement. He would heal the cripple, and the cripple would be on mission by following him. Then he would go somewhere else, and he'd see a funeral possession woman who lost her son. Hey, God, is this, is it accidental that I'm here while this possession is going on, or are you doing something? And God would say, yeah. Then he'd say, hey, stop the coffin. The life here, get up. And he'd raise the boy, and the crowd would see what's happening. That'd become a movement, and then they would be on mission with God. You kind of track with me? He would, he would, he would go around, yeah, I mean, one time he, he was at a Barbecue, man, and they forgot the food. <laughs> they, they did. They forgot the food. How you go to a barbecue without food, right? And, 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 and so they got hungry, and, um, and he had been preaching and conducting revival. And then the disciples, not understanding moments, movements, and missions, they sent him home. Church shouldn't be feeding nobody. Jesus said, y'all just don't get it. God, what should I do? God said, yeah, see, they got some catfish down there. Yeah. <laughs> Hot water cornbread. See, they got them too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he took it, though. He took it. He took it. He took it. He turned it into a movement. And 5,000 people. Let me go epistle. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. This is how the church was birthed, right? Here's what it says, and no one had any needs, selling their possessions and good, they gave to each one, and then I missed this phrase, everyone was filled with awe, but then the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They wouldn't wait until Sunday to do anything. Monday through Friday, they went out looking for moments <laughs> so they can be on mission with God. 
Then, man, when they came on Sunday, it was nothing but a celebration of what God has already done. Imagine what this place could look like if every person in here left here this week looking for a moment to produce fruit. Imagine what it'll look like. With me? Let me make this last statement to set up what I'm going to say next week, and I want you all to hear this. Now, go back to the passage real quick. Go back to the passage. Luke chapter 13. And now, come on, worship team. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize time. Y'all give me, be patient with me a little bit. Amen? Just be patient. Luke chapter 6. Go back there. I mean, chapter 13. My bad. Luke 13. 6. And I want you to see this in the text. And we're going to pray here. I need that send that rain song if y'all can do that. Yeah, yeah. Everybody there? Listen to the parable again. And he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on the fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Verse 8. And he answered him, sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put manure on it. Then verse 9. Then if it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Now, here's what, check this out. The request for time in the text was not so fruit could be born. The request for time was for the tree to make the adjustment. Very, very important. Because if you go out there trying to make to produce fruit and you haven't made the adjustment, oh, I wish I had. <laughs> Apart from me, you can do, yeah, yeah. So here's how he said it. Give me a year. I'm going to dig and I'm going to fertilize that thing. And at the end of the year, it's your business. Who? Who? So next week, we're going to talk about what digging and fertilizing looks like. Because I'm telling you, we don't like that. That's why we're still unproductive. <laughs> right? It stinks. It hurts. It does all that stuff. Give me time to make the adjustment. Outcome results is up to you. Here's how Paul put it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the what? Yeah, yeah. So when we're praying for rain, we're praying for rain because we've been digging and fertilizing. We're not praying for rain because we want fruit. We want the adjustment to take root. And we look like God. And we smell like God. And we look like we've been planted in the vineyard. So when we give birth to the fruit, the outgrowth of our life looks like God, not like us. So adjustment, 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 adjustment. Give me time to make the adjustment. Give me time to make the adjustment. I've been barren. I need time to make the adjustment. So with that, I want to say this this morning. If you're like me, and I've had the benefit of preaching this message to myself over and over again several times this week. And every time I reflect in my heart, I'm like, 
gosh, Lord, what do I need to adjust? What do I need to adjust? And so he keeps showing me what I need to adjust. And so every time something comes, if it's between Katani and I, I'll call her up and say, girl, I love you. You know, I'm married, so I could say this. So I called her last night. I was laying in the bed. I said, what's up, boo? She said, ain't nothing happening. What's up with you? And I said this, make love to me on the phone. That's adjustments. I wouldn't normally do that, you know what I mean? I'm, come on, y'all. I'm married. I can do that. Yeah. I can, yeah, come on, y'all. What you doing, girl? <laughs> what you need daddy to do? <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I want my marriage to be right. I'm not going to wait for her to adjust. Y'all not hearing me. Come on now. I'm going to make the adjustments. And it's the same thing in my leadership. God, what are you saying to me about here? What are you saying to me in my ministry? What are you saying to me as it relates to our relationships? Are there people in my life that I don't love? Are there situations in my life that I haven't released? Are there things that have been hindering fruit? Is there growth points, God? Where does fertilization and digging needs to take place? Is there a sin in my life that I need to stop? Is there an addiction? Is there something that I need to release to get the fruitfulness? Adjustment, adjustment, adjustment. So God, send it now, send it now. So I'm praying that as the word has gone forth, and let's just do this. I, we got a couple more things to do before we leave, and so I appreciate your patience. I'm praying for adjustment. I'm praying for adjustment. I'm praying for adjustment. So right where you're sitting, here's how we're going to do our altar call this morning. I want to hear you, you hear me say this. We're doing an altar call. I want every person right where you are, bow your head, and you go to God for areas of adjustment. That's the response. Now hear me say this. Don't fool yourself into thinking you don't need to adjust. We all do. We all do. So what is it, God? What is it, God? Just take a moment. I hear. Come on, let's sing. Yeah. I hear the sound. I hear the sound of revival deep in the hearts of your people.
Let me pray. Father, in your name, God, as your word has gone forth, God, we came here to worship you. We came this morning to hear a word from you. So God, speak to each heart that's here, beginning with mine, moving to the elders, every person, every minister. Speak to hearts, Lord. Speak to hearts. We want to be like you. And God, if there's one person here today that says, I need to give my heart to God. I need to submit to Christ. God, draw them, Lord. Draw them to a place to say, I want to know you. Draw them to a place where they give their heart to you, God. It begins with that. If they're not connected to the vine, let them be connected. Let them be connected. So we give our hearts, we give our time to you. In your name we pray and thank you. Amen. Let me say this. Minister Annette, where are you at? Um, I stand up for a while. I want to say this, that if you're here and God is saying to you, give your heart to him, I want you to gently, if you don't mind, grab your stuff, make your way over here. They're going to take you in the back and pray with you. If you're going through an extenuating situation, circumstance, where you say, I just need to connect right now. I need prayer. I need to know. Same thing. Connect over there. We want to take time with you. We don't want to miss. We don't want you to feel as if we're not caring, rushing the service. None of that. This lady is here, and, and if I'm you and I'm hearing God say that, I, I, I don't care about who's looking at me. I don't care about who's thinking what about me. Now is the accepted time. Come on, get up and just go on over there, and they're going to be available to minister to you. Are you hearing me this morning? I want us to hear that, that God, we're praying, send the rain. Do it, Lord. And, and, and it begins with seed being in the ground. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Amen. God, we thank you for you. Thank you for this word. Thank you for what you're doing. You are a wonderful and an awesome God. If there's one this morning, God, send them, Lord. They just want to rededicate their life. Send them, Lord. They want to say, I want a fresh start. Send them, Lord. And then release the rain to fertilize the seed so growth can be the outpour. Oh, how we love you. Oh, how we praise you. Oh, how we magnify your name. You're a wonderful God. We love you this morning. Thank you for first loving us. Fix us. Help us become before we start doing. In your name we pray and thank you.